Ladies and gentlemen, on today's Driving with Dave, so excited to have host of the Got It From My Mama podcast and also has an album that is probably out when this airs. It's Tori Piskin. How are you? Hi. Oh my God. I think this is my childhood fantasy. Being in my Tesla? A car the that cameras. wasn't invented? Okay. The cameras. I feel like I'm in the Truman Show. You are. You are in the low, low production quality version of the Truman Show. Which I always, I have a joke about it, but basically I say that when I was in, when I watched the movie The Truman Show, I truly believe that my life was a sitcom. Is that the self-centeredness of stand-up comedy? Yes. Where you think everyone's, do you think you're being filmed like when you're not? Not anymore, but when I was younger, I definitely did. No, because I'm I'm that way too. Where oh, you I, are. I'll act as if I'm performing. Even they always say like adversity is how you act when no one's watching. And I'm like I perform when no one's watching in the hopes that somebody is. I'll do that mostly at doctor's office. Like I'm because I'm a narcissist. Not a narcissist. I have a hypochondriac. But then also, so I like go there and then I put on this like show. But I don't mean to. It's just like I'm like fucking nuts. I'll never <laughs> forget. One time I went to a dermatologist. It was like a yearly checkup for pale skin to see if I had any like, you know, bad freckles or whatever. And I just hooked up with this, when I was single, just hooked up with this guy. And I have very fair skin and I guess he like slapped my ass and it left this like huge bruise. And I don't know why I just didn't cancel the dermatologist appointment. I didn't think she'd be looking at my ass. You know what I mean? So she thinks you've got skin cancer, but you just had a rough night. <laughs> no, she, I'll never forget. I'm laying on the table. I'm like, okay, she's not going to flip me over and look at my ass. And she was like, flip over. And I was like, oh, no. oh shit. And she flipped over. And then she like did that like pediatrician look where it was like really quick in the underwear. And then I go to her. Oh my God. I know. I, um, last night I, I got, I was slapped. No, it's, it's fine. I agreed to it. I liked it. It was with a guy. I don't think it's going to be anything serious. And she was like. Okay. <laughs> I love that she looks quickly. It's like, no, I paid for this. Can you look extensively at yeah, my right? ass slap? Yeah, you've got, I mean, pale skin, things, you know, uh, is this a you know, hickeys? Things last longer on yeah, pale skin. And you've do. got, my family's Irish, so they've got the whole, you know, moles need to get checked out. Now it's, I'm looking at money. What's your ethnicity here? Because you're, you're, you're Jewish from just, New York City. Just Jewish. Just Jewish. My full ethnicity. That's it. I used to tell people... I was Irish because I thought it was such a cooler thing to say than Jewish. And one Until you time, moved to Hollywood and you're like, okay, we're Jewish. Yeah, and I, yeah I was like, <laughs> oh no, wait, sorry. What I said was wrong. But growing up, I grew up in New York City and there was this, one time this person in my building, we, I was waiting for the elevator with my mom and this guy was like, oh, what's your background? And I must have been 13 and I was like, oh, I'm Irish. And my mom turns to him and she goes, no, you're not. You're a Russian Polish Jew, just like the rest of us. <laughs> I was like, all right, Joe's bitch. Yeah, you know, you want to be, and when you're growing up, you just want to be the cool thing. But you clearly stand out. I mean, clearly, your your TikTok thing, uh, you're you're funny and all that. But my wife knew who you were because you're you're big. You got you you have the vol, voluminous hair. Yes. That's that's a look. look. Good today. Is this the type of thing that you you embrace now? But was this a self conscious thing before? Oh yeah, people. So. In eighth grade, growing up in the mid-2000s, the look was all, like, long, straight hair. Yeah. Okay? And my hair was even more, like, thick back then. So I got Japanese straightening. Do you know what that is? No. It's, like, permanent straightening your hair. Okay. Besides the roots. So I would go to do this thing, but it was just started to get really bad for my hair. So I eventually chopped all the straight part off. So at this point, I had curly hair up to here. Oh, no. And when I went to high school, the first day of high school, I had this, like, 
like old woman bob like right here and everyone started calling me pubic head oh no <laughs> of all the things pubic and head. bird's nest um so yeah i definitely a few years that was that was a hard year but then when it started to grow and i started to know like what to do with my hair obviously i'm like it's like part of my diversity check I absolutely feel like, you know it's you it's, this is who you are yeah and with stand-up comedy it's kind of like finding your uniqueness on a stage where everyone's going to complain about dating is hard and this and that but like how do you stand out is really what it comes down to yeah i feel like actually yesterday i was in palm springs and this like old man when you're a redhead i think this happens or maybe i don't know like people with tattoos people just like come up to me and like stare at me for a certain like they'll just stare and then i don't know what to do and then they'll like make some comment like last night the guy stared at me and then was like pale redhead my daughter is a pale redhead and i'm like oh okay great what is what i'm gonna say is she also a slut like (laughs) what am i supposed to say but yeah i feel like people that like have maybe a child that's a redhead or they themselves are a redhead it's like this weird nod it's like you know when you have like it's a, a designer dog like a sheep a doodle yeah. like a golden doodle you give that person like a weird nod it's like that is it uh, is it a strong gene in your family mom siblings my mom has it okay and we're exactly alike because i don't mean to it's i'm curious because uh, male redheads yeah some called ginger i don't know if that's offensive or not <laughs> no, but male like redheads it can be brutal for them growing up I've never heard of one woman be like, oh, you know what I want is that guy with a, a bread. You know what I mean? You just. Yeah. I mean, at one point when I was dating, I used to love redheads. Okay. And then I was like, I think I'm a narcissist. Yeah. You wanted to have what you were. Yeah. Well, I think a lot, I think everyone's that way. And then all their, my boyfriend, I, when we first started dating, he has dark hair, but I noticed he had some like red beard and I was like, oh my God. That's me. I get oh, red. I get red. I got white now, but the red would come in the, the deeper the beard. That's, like even deeper like yeah, I, I can like grow into a ginger yeah no that's i think that's like a for me that's a hot gene but maybe because i again see myself in the man's beard so again what does that well i say like, about me well i mean i think that i think gingers they say are going extinct so if it's something that keeps your your people going i think that's a good thing you I know mean, no pressure but you know i don't know if i'll have a redhead <laughs> kid i mean i I don't think my boyfriend has any redheads in his family. To have a redhead, you have to have two people. They have to have a gene. Oh, okay. So my dad's father was a redhead and my mom was a redhead. Interesting. So, yeah. So, yeah. Who who knows? Maybe the gene's buried deep. I mean, I hope so. It's clearly a strong gene for the fact that it's like, can just like pop out of nowhere? (laughs) Definitely redheads are, you've never, I've never, personally, I've never met a boring redhead. Oh, there you go. Redheads are always very... Um, they say they're very sexual. I, I, I don't know. They say that. that. If you Google say, redheads, you get crazy things. Yeah, go on Reddit crazy and just things. Google are redheads more sexual than other girls and you will read like the craziest thing. Do you think you're more sexual? I think so. Or I think I'm more just like open-minded. So I think guys are then just put in the category of like, she was a crazy redhead. Oh, you yeah. know, it's almost like a confirmation bias. Like because you have red hair, they're kind of going to look into that to, to whatever, you know, if you shit your pants during sex, oh, redheads shit their pants. It's like, no, right. I just had a bad night. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Now, I want to get to a few things. Okay. I want to talk about Jewish camp. 
Oh, Jewish um, camp. Because I'm very jealous because I went to day camp. Okay. Uh, I went to poor kids camp and <laughs> I heard you were, were, were at the stay away camp, which sounds amazing. And I want to know, I want to talk about that and I want to know when you first felt hot. When did Ooh. you first feel like, oh my gosh, I've got it going on? Was it not when you the, when they were calling you a pubic head, <laughs> or like when did when did you grow into that? And then we'll work backwards to Jewish camp. Okay, I think I first felt hot. Really, it wasn't until college, when I I was like twenty years old. It took like a while. I feel I don't know. I think that's a good thing because then when you're thirty, you're like, oh, like I, now I finally feel like a hot twenty-one year old, but. When I was 20, I remember just like going to a nightclub in New York. And at the time, the best nightclub was called the Jane Hotel. Are you familiar with this? I heard of it, yeah. Okay, so it was very cool back then. And I got in with a fake ID. And I remember just like guys hitting on me. And I wore this dress. And it was, it reminded me of like Sarah Jessica Parker was like kind of flowy, but like tight. Mm -hmm. And I remember this like hot Australian guy was hitting on me. And that was, and he was really obsessed with my hair. And that was the first time I was like, oh, this is like a good thing. Yeah, you're like, I got it. Yeah, I was like, oh. So 20 years old. 20 years that's old, about, yeah. That, that sounds about right when people are like post-pubescent but still trying to figure out how to work their thing. And I think also like when you're 20, you kind of find your people. Because I think before that, I was, when I was at college, I mean, I was, in, when I was 20, I was at college. But like early on in college, I was trying to hang out with like, these blonde basic girls and I would like talk to all their boyfriends friends and they thought I was like so fucking weird because I would just say like the most inappropriate things that I thought was like really funny and it wasn't yeah. like one guy was like where do you live and he was like flirting with me and I just responded with why you want to stalk me and then he turned to my friend and he was like your friends can you curse on here? Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. He was like, your friend's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but that's what, that's weirdness is something I think a lot of people are envious that they can't do, you know, like your right. parents, a lot of times parents are trying to like, I don't know, make you behave in this and that. Did you, was your family, is your family funny? Yeah. So my mom is a fitness instructor. Um, and she always used to do these like group fitness classes where she, she would just have like people over our house and be like screaming and she's like Jewish and from Long Island. So she'd be like, come on girls, let's do it. And she would always like incorporate their lives into the workouts. Okay. So she'd be like, Susan, I heard you had a date last night. He didn't touch you back. Fuck him. Fuck him, Susan. And then my dad is a dentist, but he makes sometimes like very inappropriate comments. He's, <laughs> he's, my dad has never been a dad where he's like, don't wear that. My dad has always been like, ooh, show off those legs. Like, I have a very strange relationship. That sounds so healthy. Yeah, it's very you know? healthy. Or like, to, like body positivity. Oh, not yeah. Making you feel weird as you're growing and, you know, all of that. No, yeah. One time my dad, like, helped me get ready for a school dance. And he was like, show off those legs. You got your mother's legs. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is so weird. He sounds like an old-timey, come on, Dame, you got it in you. Yeah, he does. So, no, because Jewish people generally have great senses of humor. Right. Gen generally speaking, a lot of great comedians were Jewish and a lot of comedy comes from complaining and a, oh, and a Jewish yeah. stereotype is complaining, but I don't think it's really, I think it's the idea of, you know, you just, you just can like read what's wrong in the room. Oh, it's cold in here. The service <laughs> is slow. Like, that's not a bad thing. It's funny. Know? So my boyfriend, he, he's not Jewish. And he said when he first started dating me, it took him a long time to realize that 
I'm actually not complaining. I'm just talking. <laughs> just how, he's like, I never realized that Jewish, because he never used to date, he's never dated a Jewish girl before me. And he says, you make noises that are only accustomed to a Jewish girl that grew up in New York. Because I'll be like, ah, ugh. yeah. I'm just always making like. My wife does that. Yeah, they're, they're vocal exhaust. It's an exhaust thing. Yeah. So she'll, I'm like, honey, what's wrong? What are you talking about? I just breathe. I'm like, you yeah, breathe yeah. angrily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said he like, really had to get accustomed to it because he'd be like, He'd be like, but you, I just thought you were going about your day like miserable. I didn't realize it was like part of the way you like vocalized. Yeah. And that's fine. That's healthy, I think. Right. By the way, how's this for you? Should we get some houses over here? This is like, we're on Mulholland Drive, I believe. So here's the thing. I'm actually not like a huge hill person, whatever. No. That, no, by the way, I'm more of a flat person. <laughs> that's the Jewish humor I was talking about. Here we are, $20 million homes. I don't really like a hill. What are we looking at? The sun's too strong. You're going to have a mudslide. We don't really need no, a No, my hill. boyfriend was like trying to get, okay, so my parents came to visit. And at this point, they had met my boyfriend a few times, and they really like him. And he's showing us this tour in the hills. And the three of us are like, oh, oh, God, I feel nauseous. And my dad's like, this, he's like, this isn't worth the money. He's like, what are you looking out into? The grass? <laughs> and my boyfriend is like from L.A. He's a beach guy. And he's like, well, one day I'd love to, you know, a dream to live up in the hills. And my mom's like, Tori wouldn't like it here. She doesn't like heights. No, this is not going to be good for her. Hold on. We have... And now we have a TMZ bus. Hi! She's famous. Tori Piskin. New album coming out. Thank you. Okay, there it is. Promotion. Three downloads. <laughs> I feel like if you said, uh, Merida from Brave is in the car, <laughs> more people would be like, oh my god, I love that Disney movie. I don't know if that crowd was going to be a Disney crowd, but maybe. Oh, the Runyon Canyon. We're at the back of Runyon Canyon. All right, oh. there it is. All right, so I was told you had a thing for skater guys. Is this true? Uh-oh. Do you have I a, did. Do you have a skater I used to. Past? I used to have a skater pass. What's that all about? What's a skater boy pass? I mean, I used to date this guy. Avril this... Lavigne type of. <laughs> Actually, that was one of my first YouTube videos. I could see you being into Avril Lavigne. You I got was... the same body type, size, right? Do we? I mean, she's like a compact. Yeah, yeah. She's like a girl that could like. Is she thirty or a teenager? Exactly. You know what I mean. That's where you want to be. That's exactly. That's the body type. But you, I what want. did you do? An impression of her. So yeah, YouTube, after school, I would just do like impressions of the music videos and I would edit it on iMovie. Um, and I thought I was really fancy because I made the video in black and white. And I just was like goth. And then my mom would come in and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm making a video. In my head, I really thought I was going to be like a YouTuber. Um, I think I got like 20 views or something. There you go. <laughs> hey, that's something. Now you're big on Instagram and TikTok, so much so that my, and trust me, my wife doesn't just follow anybody. But oh, she already, wow. She already knew your content out here. Um, and I saw the, the TikTok that I just watched was you complaining about being in the uh, loser uh, cabin at camp. Yeah. So I want to know, does everybody go to these stay away camps? Tell me about the vibe, because okay. like I said, I was a day camp loser. So I didn't get any of this experience. <laughs> I've only seen it in Hollywood. I don't know if it's an East Coast thing, but... I'm Rhode Island. I'm East Coast. Oh. And we didn't have it there. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's an, it's, I didn't go to some sleepaway I literally camp. would go... Like, someone send me to camp now. Like, I want to show that we get to do camp. Yeah, there actually are, like, adult summer camps you could go to. Yeah, they're all, like, single-based, though. Yeah. yeah. They, they feel real creepy. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, very strange if you were like, hey, I'm here. And you're like, but I'm married. They're like, why the fuck everyone, are you here? Here's what I know about... Yeah. About summer camp. Everyone's like making out with everybody. Yes, but That's again. That's what I see from Hollywood. Okay, so when I went to summer camp, sleepaway camp for the first time, I was 10 years old 
and I like really wanted to be let's a Jewish American princess. Right. Short for Jap, but right. you have to say Jewish American princess. Exactly. And I went to this camp that was really known to have a lot of Jewish American princesses, okay? I didn't go to like a very Jewish school in Manhattan. I have dyslexia, so I kind of went to a weirder school, okay? So when I got to this camp, I just was like, oh my God, I'm finally going to be like friends with the cool Jewish girls. But I didn't realize they didn't like me because I didn't have like a Prada bag, mm. a Juicy Couture sweatsuit. Again, we're talking like 10 years old, okay? Juicy was big. The, yeah. yeah. Juicy was a big uh, jumpsuit you needed to have. Like my mom sent me to the camp with... I don't know if, like, remember those, those Gap sweatshirts? It's just a Gap. Yeah, fleece. They those, still, yeah. you can't destroy those. No, and so they were always, like, looking at me. And so when I started, I've been writing these, like, personal essays, basically. And I started writing this essay about summer camp. And I realized, I was like, I was at the loser cabin because none of us had designer stuff. We were, like, none of us really had boyfriends either. Um, we were always... I don't know, like getting picked on by the popular girls. It was a very strange time. And I remember I did once have one guy almost interested in me. His name was Herbert. Okay, strong man. (laughs) (laughs) Almost interested. Almost. He was on the fence. (laughs) I swear to God, he really was on the fence. Do you know how sad it is to be 10 years old and a guy with braces named Herbert to be on the fence to hook up with you? Yeah. Like, do you know how horrible my 10 year old self felt let's get herbert on the line and see <laughs> see if he's still on the fence <laughs> i know wherever the hell this herbert is so he was on the fence he was on the fence because i remember um i was in the infirmary and my friend was trying to like set me up with him even at age 10 like jews are always trying to help other jews set course, people up of course and she, her name was jenny and she's like i have this guy who's like really interested in you and i think you guys would get along great But yeah, I was like in the infirmary because I was sick, another very important Jewish quality. Um, (laughs) And I remember him like looking through the window and I remember him being like, hi. Um, He just said hi to me. And then he was like, sorry, we couldn't kiss. And then that was it. There you go. So cock blocked by your own immune system, it sounds (laughs) like. Yeah, maybe he he just was also a little, uh, you know, a little worried about you know, catching a disease or something. Yeah, and you know when you're like a kid and you have like the snot just rolling down your nose? Yeah. He had that, and he wasn't even the one in the infirmary. Listen, I can tell you all of the crushes I had by name. Really? Allie, Casey, all of them. And I was, I remember in third grade when I first... Also, the same year I saw my teacher's thong for the first time, and I was like... That's a huge moment in a child's life. Yeah, I was teacher's like... Teacher's thong? Big time. And it was like a, it was like a student teacher. So oh, in so hindsight, she was, young. she was probably like 19. Yeah. But to me, she... Is that left here? To me, it was like she was, you know, 35 years old, you know, because I'm, right. I'm in third grade. And she bends over to do something, I don't know, and she had like a black pencil skirt on. I, mean, I remember everything about this. <laughs> And I don't remember what I ate, had for lunch today, but I remember right. this. She had a black pencil skirt on, and when you bend over with certain like outfits, it kind right. of like stretches it, and then oh. you can see through. And I was like, what the heck? I didn't know what a thong was. Right. My, I never, my mom didn't have any thongs that I knew of. I'd never seen a thong before. I just, I seen granny panties and, you know, briefs. And I was like, that, I was like, I'm into that. Whatever the that thong. is. <laughs> just whatever. I was just like, I had this crush on this lady. But then I, but then I ended up, yeah, I remember all my crushes, and I was so bad at talking to women. Women, yeah, and like, you know, you just like you don't know what to do, but you just like just want their attention. And but let me tell you, these girls in the popular Jewish 
summer cabin, not the loser cabin I was in. They like, I swear to God, they all had like boyfriends. I remember they all had like really big boobs already. Like huge boobs. At 10? I swear to God. No, oh, just, you 11. Okay, okay. 11. 10 to 11. I mean, that's but, when, you know, beef, there's hormones in the beef, I guess. I don't I, know. They were just like so, they were like actually like very pretty. And then for years afterwards, I would stalk them on social media, on Facebook. I would be like, and they were still like very pretty. And they were all from these like very rich areas in Long Island. But you know, my camp was very expensive because I remember my mom being like, call your grandpa. He paid for it. So yeah, that's... What is this, 30 grand a summer? I mean, it sounds like... It must have been... I think it... I, I think it was like 6,000. Okay, but that's still... That's still... Yeah. I, I think, mean, also for back then, this is like 2003. Yeah. But our camp wasn't even the most expensive. There was this other camp that had like AC in the cabins. They had a maid come once a week. By the like, way, I couldn't afford this house right here. <laughs> this <laughs> house is mind. just under construction. I bet you that's a million dollar piece of shit. Yeah, but so what do you do? Are you doing uh, archery? Are you do, like, What's going on at these camps? It, and the, that's the weirdest part. It was like a sports camp. And I'm like, we're Jewish people. We're <laughs> not known for being good at sports. But the sports were, when I started to think about it, they were all kind of sports you would one day need if you want to marry into like a good Jewish family. Oh, so we're tennis, talking tennis, golf, golf archery. swimming. Okay. So yeah. I, I started to realize that and I was like, oh, ten yeah, I said tennis, but I was, and I was bad at all. Though. That's probably why <laughs> I'm not dating a Jewish guy. <laughs> Cause I just, does that upset your mom that, that your boyfriend's not Jewish? No, she doesn't care. She doesn't care? Yeah. Cause it's, in, you know, it's interesting. It's kind of like Catholicism where, I mean, it's obviously different, but I was raised Catholic, which is as much a culture to some people as it is a religion. Right. Like you don't even have to go to church to identify with the Catholic upbringing it's just kind of like ingrained in you obviously but obviously not to the level that you know like jewish culture is uh but i think i think a lot of new england comics were raised catholic because that's all that we had in new england right and when i moved to new york it's all it's all jewish new yorkers which i find to be very pleasant people they just tell you how it is yeah we just tell you how it is they're very funny that's what my boyfriend always says because on our first date he said i don't even remember this he was like you were just so strong and I loved it because he said he was like, oh, like what, uh, like what bars? Because he used to live in New York, too. And he was like, oh, what bars did you go to in New York and which ones do you like in L.A.? And I turned to him and I go, listen, we could do the whole L.A. versus New York thing if you want. <laughs> <laughs> you went to date four. You're like, well, let's just cut through the Yeah, sugar. And he was like, that's when I knew I liked you. You were just so like honest. It's refreshing. Uh, yeah. It's refreshing for, you know, people to just tell you how they feel. But then he doesn't like when I'm like, oh, my God, you have a pimple on your face. Like, what are you doing with your hair? <laughs> like, well, you can't have both ways. You know, I didn't realize how... I didn't realize a lot of flaws I had until I started dating my wife. I didn't know my toenails were sharp. <laughs> These are just things that you don't have. Until, it, your toenails are sharp. It's like, what? I didn't know that was a, a, a thing that they could be. Turns out she was right. But yeah, relationships are good at kind of like holding the mirror up to each other. Yeah. Have you, have you learned anything toxic about yourself that oh. you're working on? See, the thing is... Or are you just like, are you ready to go? Perfect. I don't, I'm not really like a horoscope girl. But I am a Taurus, and I do think hey, I... Hey, Taurus. You are? Yeah, May 1st. Oh, May 20th. There you go. See? Do you think you're or stubborn? You're, you're right on the edge. Yeah, I'm on uh, the edge. Stubborn, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because I'm always right. Oh, okay. I, I know how I want things done, and that's why I'm stubborn. If things aren't being done the way I've already learned is the right way, yeah. then I'm like, what are we doing here? I am very stubborn. So when you say, have I... Do I have any toxic traits? I mean, 
I think inside I do, I'll never forget, this is a very bad toxic trait. My high school boyfriend, he like, what did he do? He wanted to like leave my house because he was allergic to my cat and I really didn't want him to go. So I like stuck my hand against the door to try not to get him to leave. And they like grabbed my hand and then I was like, you're hurting me, you're abusing me. <laughs> and I'm like, you can, I mean, you can never say that now. Yeah. But I really, and then I would tell people at school because yes. I thought it was funny. I was like, I remember telling people, and he's like, you have to stop telling people that. And then, like, I had some bruise on my leg from, like, falling. And I was like, this is what happened. And he was like, you have to stop. Just like getting slapped in the ass here. Yeah. It seems like, you know, people need to uh, sign a waiver when they date you. I think, um, oh, I do think my toxic trait is that a lot of the things, well, one, I have no boundaries, which I had to learn with my boyfriend, because he would be like, please don't talk about this on your podcast. And then I'd be like, okay, I won't. And then I would just do it. Right. Because that's what my mom does. Yeah. You know, you learn from your parents. It's hard not to, it's hard to not understand that everyone else isn't an open book. Like right. We, we use our stand-up as sort of like a thing to talk about. And we talked about some things off air that we can't talk about on air. And it's like, we want to be able to talk about everything, you know? And I, right. I, I come from that same thing. Right? There's nothing off limits for me, but I've had to realize, all right, you got to, I'm representing other people now, no. my wife. I need to be sure that they're okay with what I talk about. No, okay, what's off limits with my boyfriend that I'm trying, we're slowly trying to work on is he doesn't like to talk about bathroom stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, I'm not really like a gross girl. I'm not someone who likes to like, fall. I don't really talk about farting or shitting, but I, my past relationships, I have said, oh, I need to use the bathroom. And then the guy would be like, oh, do you have to poop? And I'm like, oh my God, stop. So I have had open dialogue. I'm like your boyfriend where that was, that took me a while to have okay. conversations. I didn't want to, I didn't want people to know, yeah, my girlfriend. So when I would bring it up, like when we, maybe a year in, when we started like going away together and stuff, um, I, you know, I would say like, you can just say you need to use the bathroom to poop. He's like, no, I don't, please stop. I can't talk about bathroom stuff. I don't. And then I, again, <laughs> started thinking about the future. And I was like, so you're saying if we get married for the rest of my life, I'm not going to tell you if I need to use the bathroom. What if I'm pregnant? What if I'm pregnant and I deliver a baby and I'm shitting? Are you not going to be there for me? But then what I love about my boyfriend, he's, he's so willing to like change. He's not stubborn at all, which I think, which is why it works. He's so willing to change. So like, then after that conversation, oh look at these people. Uh, want to hear about our shit talk? Day, day drinking. Yeah. With some margaritas, it looks oh, like. Oh wow. All right. Hello. They're cute. Um, but then my boyfriend, he decided he's to start talking about poop, but he's never talked about poop or farting. So then when he started to, it became so unnatural. Like he came into the hotel room, he goes, uh, "Smells like eggs." Did you fart eggs in here? <laughs> You're like, all right, tone it down <laughs> yeah. there. I was like, and he's usually so funny and so smart. So it was just very funny to like see him try to do this thing. Oh, that's, that's his way of like, uh, you know, play. Like that's his way of clowning. It sounds like, like. No, he was really trying to like be like open about the poop talk. Yeah. And I'll never forget another thing when we first started dating. Or when we first started right before we moved in together, when he would use the bathroom to poop he would do this thing where he would close the door. Hey, I knew it was, ha close yeah. the door after he used it. Uh, so, so he you, didn't want it to smell. Yeah. So that was one tactic. And again, I didn't want to make him uncomfortable, so I didn't see anything. Then the other thing he would do is he would take a fan, okay? Again, still he would never tell me, oh, sorry, it smells. Just never say anything, which is worse. He would have a fan 
be pointed into the bathroom. <laughs> so he's just got a whole production happening. And again, I can't say anything. But that's the that's the male, you know, I don't know, just like stoicism right. or something. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I uh, I know when I proposed, when I got engaged, we were in Thailand, mm. and the bedroom and the bathroom had a wall separating the two yeah. that went about seven feet high, and then it was open air. Oh, we were in like oh. a villa, so the wall didn't even protect. From, oh. And it, we're in Thailand, you know, new right. new foods. Yeah, and, new um, foods. And then because see again, even that my boyfriend say like. I think another guy would be like, oh, I was shitting, I had diarrhea, but you're like, it was new foods. New foods, yeah, there were some issues going on. I call it punching cloth when right. you like, have to go to the bathroom, I was punching cloth. And the in the toilets, you couldn't flush the toilet paper because we were on Stop. some island with delicate plumbing. So I'm like, oh. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'd rather go shit in the hot tub <laughs> than deal with this bullshit in here. Every It'll day, be the romantic just, day of my life. Yeah. Every day, you're just like, oh, I'm gonna go check our reservation for dinner. She's like, it's been a fucking hour. What is he doing? Yeah, and, and you know, it, it took a little while. I mean, you know, I, I, I did most of my dating in the New York City area, where, you, where there are no bathrooms for anybody. Right. And you got to have conversations when that comes out. So now you talk openly about it. We're pretty open. Pretty. Do you light a candle? You know, we're, we're pretty open. Yeah. But I still, like, she she farted in her sleep, and, I, and it was so funny, because she'll, like, never admit to that actually happening. Yeah, because, I would never like, admit either. I, but then I, like, tried to do something funny the other day, like a funny jump, and as I was, like, preparing to do this jump, mm -hmm. uh, like, I was going to jump onto the bed, I, far, I farted. It was air. And she just died laughing. <laughs> it's almost like a vulnerability to be like, you know you didn't mean to do that. Yeah. So that's funnier. It's almost like on stage when, when you're joke bombs and you get a laugh because... That wasn't what your intention was. Right. Uh, do me a favor. Can you hit the top of that, the top button there? This one? Yeah, just hit that again. Uh, that needs to reset. Okay, perfect. Okay. All right, good. We're back. We're rolling. Um, so you're in stand-up. I'm How in stand-up. How do you stand -up. go from making black and white YouTube videos to being in the loser cabin, no offense, <laughs> to getting on stage for the first time? At what point did you w realize that there was an outlet for uh, this sort of uh, personality? So the first time I went to an open mic just to check it out. So I grew up in New York City and New York Comedy Club was like four blocks away from my high school. And my theater teacher was always like, you should really try like comedy. She said, you should really explore it. That's a theater, explore comedy. So I looked online and said, New York Comedy Club is having an open mic at 4 p.m. Now, as a comic of almost like eight, nine years, I know a 4 p.m. mic is like the worst mic to go to. Yes. Uh, especially, I, I don't know about LA and New York, but so I went, and this was like before New York Comedy Club redid it, so it was like really like old and run down, and I go there with my friend, and I send the audience of the open mic, and all, everyone just kept going up, and they were so strange. There was like a mother there who had her, her, her child, and the child was under the table, and the whole environment was just so fucking weird, but I remember just having this feeling of like, oh my God, like this is what I want to do. Mm. And then in college, I did a lot of storytelling stuff in Boston because I was too nervous to do stand-up. Emerson? Yeah, I went to, well, first I went to SCAD in Savannah, Georgia, and then I went to Emerson. So when I got to Emerson, I was doing a lot of, like, it was a, a ripoff of Moth. It was called Mass Mouth. And it was just, but more people were going up and doing, like, folk stories. And I would just go and be like, oh, my God. So my Jewish mom in New York, like, she did this crazy thing. So I was doing stand-up, but I didn't really, like, know it was stand-up. doing, like, impressions. Almost. Impressions. Yeah, characters. Stories. Um, and then uh, after college, I actually got, like, really sick with Lyme disease. 
and I started making these YouTube videos about having Lyme disease, just like vlogs basically. And then I kind of started, that's kind of like where I started all my video stuff. Cause I was like, learned how to like edit. And then once I got better from that at like 24, that's when I started going really hard with stand up. Oh, good. You know, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't realize, I know you had an autoimmune disease. I didn't know it was Lyme disease. That's what uh, my wife has. She has it? Yeah. And she's doing better, but she spent for the last five or six years on a whole cocktail of medications. And oh, wow. Different things. Me and your wife need to hang out. I know, seriously. We have a lot. Is she me? Am I might her? be. You guys might be this. You guys might be related in some Lyme disease way. Yeah. Maybe you got bit by the same tick. I don't know. It's some weird superhero I, movie. I always say the tick when he heard me, probably heard me because I always like. I used to say like, oh, I talk so much now, and one of the symptoms I still have with Lyme is I get really fatigued, and I'm like, when the so imagine me before the Lyme, how much I used to talk and be energized, and I was like. When the tick bit me, he probably just was like, can you shut up for one second? Yeah, it's wild. It's so wild that people think Lyme is not real because the medical community doesn't address it right because yeah. they don't know how to fix it. So I had a, I had a, just a side note, I had a Brian Abasolo on my, on the show here uh -huh. a couple of weeks ago. And we talked a lot about, you know, not, not, uh, we talked a lot about anti-pharmaceutical stuff right. just because of how bad it can be. And I talked about this, um, this antifungal I was on called turbinifine, okay. which is for like a foot fungus which is really there's other ways to cure it right it was just for for a simple right. issue and i talked about how i accidentally took an over-the-counter um cough medicine and it made me completely shit my pants okay it made me high as a kite for a full day oh and and i'm and i was telling this story and someone left a comment and said oh my gosh my husband died of parkinsonism <gasps> which is almost like parkinson's disease it's just as bad but it's like a neurological disorder and it's because of turbinifying wow and and which i don't know if this is made by pfizer or whoever but um you know these You're looking anecdotal around. stories <laughs> but people go people come in oh my gosh i can't believe you think that x causes y and this and that this is crazy and and certainly i was like well i got to look this up because i want to make sure i'm not spreading misinformation right and there is a clinical study about this and about how dangerous yeah. this is that this specific uh, simple little medication can wreck your body to the point of literally causing parkinism that's crazy parkinsonism which is just like parkinson's disease right and, I, and now i know people that have actually had to deal with it you don't learn about these issues until you have it and so the person gave me a four-star review and i was like i i, I right. dealt with this yeah i'm the one who was we're out so, of it we, for a day yeah, we're so like triggered by thinking everything's anti-science and it's not excuse me uh cutting people off here i think but, though with, but with lyme disease yeah. i only say that because people still think it's some quacky thing that doesn't really exist because mainstream medicine doesn't know how to fix it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you are in the Lyme community. Tasha sure is. And that's probably, you probably got recommended to her on TikTok because of that. Yeah. But yeah, so, we've, we've been hardcore in the, in the community. So Bella Hadid came out and talked about her Lyme disease struggle. And it was funny because she did it like in a very like LA Hollywood way where she didn't even say like I had Lyme disease. She just like showed the document of her like basically being positive for Lyme and like co-infections um and she just kind of she didn't really say like how she got better again it was all like it, it was like very LA, Hollywood LA like I'm not gonna tell you I think it is really good that she came out and you know I think she said that like you know after 15 years of struggle she's better now but you know even the girl Elvis Presley's granddaughter has Lyme disease really bad um I'm forgetting her name but my mom was just telling me about it. And she, every year she goes to Switzerland to do like a 14 week treatment. Wow. And it's, so it's really just, people don't really understand 
Um, you don't always get it with a bullseye after. No, I didn't get it with a bullseye. She didn't know for years what she had, like a lot of people. Yeah. She goes, oh, I want, I, I want to take the Lyme test, and it was like six hundred bucks. She had to pee. I had to yeah. rush it through the the mail. I'm a cold in her hot pee, and like you know. <laughs> And then I'm like, okay, for $600, I'd rather her know she doesn't have it. Right. So we can just get over it. Right. She had Babesia, which all, is a cousin so to malaria. She right. had all the co-infections. Uh, you know, and it can lead to sweating through the mattress. And yeah. it, Lyme rage and anxiety and all these different things. Yeah. And, and she ended up finding a doctor in Washington, D.C. who had cured herself of Lyme disease. Or as, you know, I don't think you really fully cure yourself. So right? you don't cure, you go into... Remission or dormancy or whatever? Remission... I did like more IV antibiotic 10 years ago or whenever I had it. But yeah, when I have flare ups, I have to do all these cocktails and take all these vitamins and I travel like a fucking holistic doctor. Yeah, that's what it's, it is. It's just like, it's exhausting. She was having like droplets of different, like even stevia was good. Yeah. Which is like a sweetener, but it's also really good for fighting some of these things. And, you know, it's like there's a lot of different ways that people are trying to tackle it, but for people to dismiss it, it's like, very- the fact that you had it 10 years ago, that's actually impressive that they were able to even know what you had. Yeah, luckily my pediatrician tested me. Really? Because I was in college and I woke up one day, I had like horrible blurry vision, panic attacks, and I called my mom. And of course my Jewish mom was like, oh my God, you have a brain tumor. You got a brain tumor. <laughs> she was like, Jay, like to my dad. She's like, you got to pick her up. She's got a brain tumor. And you know, when you're 20, you don't, or I think I was last year, 21. You know, you don't really have, like, a normal... Like, why would I have a doctor? Yeah. I was fine before. So I went to my pediatrician, and she tested me for Lyme, and it came back positive. Crazy. Yeah. So do you think you got it at camp? <laughs> no, but seriously, like... We're, no, I we're got t- it in the Hamptons, because my mom had a pop-up Pilates studio, and oh, I was helping her with it. So you can make your mom... It's your mom's fault. Oh, yeah, she's always like, I feel horrible. I gave you Lyme disease. I'm like, honestly, I'm sure I would have had something eventually. I bet you there's dozens of people listening to this right now with their skin crawling because they wonder if they have it and the best thing you do is just get tested for it but no one doctors aren't going to recommend a test because they're you know what's a good test i'm not sponsored vibrant test okay it's a very you have it's not covered by insurance but it's really good okay vibrant there it is sponsored by vibrant um okay so what's the album called oh yeah and and how was the process of recording it tell us all about that so my comedy special is called Prettiest Girl at the Special School, because I'm dyslexic. Um, <laughs> I, may, I filmed it last November um, at Old Man Hustle, and I don't know if you watch Just Like That. Do you watch that show? No. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, maybe your listeners do. But it was on an episode of that where Che, you know the comic on it, that's dating Miranda, yeah. if you're familiar, um, that's where they filmed it. Wait, is that Michael Che? No, no, Che. Oh, Che, okay. From oh. Sex and the City. Oh, the gotcha, reboot. gotcha. You got a lot of catching up. <laughs> yeah, a lot. This is not clearly my niche here, but... So you filmed at the same place? Yeah, yeah, I filmed it there. What was the process like? Did you self-fund it? Did it... Was it a long post-production? Like, what was that all like? So I self-funded it, um, and, like, I love it because my whole background is just, like, photos of my childhood. It's more like... It's stand-up, but it's really kind of one-woman showy. It's all, like, interconnected. And I talk about growing up with dyslexia and how that really affected me as an adult and going for the wrong guys and, like, dealing with Lyme disease and just... um, So, yeah, I shot with... My friend shot it with me, who went to Emerson with me. 
Shout out Vinny. Vinny. Um, and then I edited it. Nice. Which uh, was the editing process grueling? Like watching yourself? Oh yeah, I was like, am I, I was like, am I even funny? Because comedy is all about the the surprise. So c given that you shot it, or you you know you wrote it, you performed it, you right. you lose that element of like, oh yeah, this is good. Yeah. You always I, have to watch it through others' joy. Yeah, I watch it. The only other person who saw like the different drafts of it was my boyfriend, who helped like put it all together for me and produce it. So how was the overall process? Well. First, the way I shot it, the joke structure, I actually changed it. So, like, the jokes that started midway, I put that all the way in the beginning. Okay. Which the editing took, like, a really long time to do that. And how does this... So, how are you going to... Because it's, it's out... This this is going to come out next week, so okay. it'll, be, it'll be out. Where can people find it? 800 Pound Gorilla. Okay. On their YouTube channel. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they have a huge following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I want to know, also, before I let you go, about... TikTok, Instagram, how are you monetizing? How, tell me about your career okay. uh, and, and all of that. Because I always find it fascinating how comics are kind of doing their I hustle. I need your help monetizing. We can, we'll do, we'll, I'll help you. I, I need a private lesson with your wife and we can talk about Lyme disease and we can have our... Yeah, do you don't have a Patreon or anything? I kind of started it and then I stopped. I mean, I was getting some money on Instagram. I do a lot of branded deals. That's how I make like most of my money on social media. Can I ask you what your biggest deal was? Okay, let me think. Biggest deal. We like think, numbers. It's always good no, for... No, no, I'm thinking uh, of a number. Instagram. The one I did last year was pretty... Maybe like... Was that 10,000? Okay, one I did was super easy, and they wrote the whole thing, and they edited it. That was for 5,000. Nice. Um, and that's for like one post? One post. That's on amazing. TikTok. That's amazing. Yeah. Is your TikTok following is a little bigger than your Instagram? That's 80,000, yeah. And are you noticing that... Like, which one is more profitable? I think Instagram, I'm able to charge more, even though I have less followers. Because I think brands are still, like, iffy about TikTok. Yeah, TikTok, to me, seems a little inflated with the followers. Yeah. Uh, just just from, like, an audience perspective where, like, who's actually there and, you know. Yeah. You, you know, but so that's that's big. So you think you had a $10,000? I think it was 10000 What was your first? What was your first deal? You don't have to say the brand, but, like, what was your first deal? And what was the feeling of being like, oh, my gosh, they're paying me for this? Because you know, we do so much that's unpaid that when, yeah. when a check comes in, you go... This almost feels like I'm stealing from them. I think I did like a, for like a sheet company. It was like six years ago. And I just made like a funny sketch for them. And that was $1,600. But I was like, I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And I didn't have, I had like 25,000 on Instagram followers. You know, people get into this world where you get these crazy multi-million subscriber accounts and they talk about it. But like on the blue collar, like mid-level niche following, you know, the yeah. five to six figure following to get paid at all is like really cool Yeah, to be like, they followed you because they enjoyed your content. Right. Now brands trust that you're going to deliver. Right. You know, that's not just some like, you know, posting a cute photo and getting a follower. Like you're, it's a, it's a hustle to do it. Through. And I always ask brands, I'm like, Oh, where did you find me? What video was it? Cause I just want to know like, what brands are kind of looking at and i think even though i don't have a like hundreds of thousands i think because i have red hair and i have comedy i do stand up and sketches i think it all kind of like comes together because i have a lot of friends that have a bigger following but just post stand up but don't really get branded deals because they're not posting like their other skill set you right. know yeah doing like stand up have, posting your stand up on in the short form world it's like you're watching it through the glass. Like as an right. audience, you're watching a performance that happened versus right. like doing a sketch or talking directly to the camera is way more personal. So what I've noticed is my, my audience on YouTube where I'm talking directly to camera has skyrocketed and my other 
my other stuff hasn't. Right. And like, that's okay. That just shows that by talking directly to people online, you're building this like connection that I think other accounts don't have. I think so. Yeah. But I think the stand-up clips do help with people like wanting to see you do stand-up. Like I went to Palm Springs, whatever, two days ago. And these two guys, they were so sweet. They were the two gay guys, both named Corey. And they're like, oh, we saw you on TikTok. Oh, they 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 recognize you. Yeah, no, they were like, I came to the show because oh, I heard. Oh, like, where, I saw where was the, the show? Was that the casino? Yeah, it was at the casino. Oh, nice. Mar- not Morongo. Whatever the something casino. with a C. Yeah, I'm dyslexic. How was how was that room? It looks like a nice little theater. Yeah, it was good. It Did was you like yeah, I had like, oh fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it was fun. fun. Yeah. And you just got back this morning. Yeah, this morning. I was there early July, and it was like a thousand degrees the week we were there. Oh But wow. I saw there was another comedian. I can't remember. Oh, it was Nikki. Nikki Bond oh. was headlining there. And I was doing, and I was commuting, I was staying in, in Palm Springs, commuting back to LA for a show. And I was like, oh, I would wow. have preferred to be performing in Palm yeah. Springs right now. <laughs> um, well, that's fantastic. You know, I agree. Getting your audience, and this is a struggle, not necessarily like a struggle, but I'm facing. I just did Seattle and sold pretty, I sold like 70 something tickets. That's great. We sold VIP tickets and, you know, posters. And like, I, you know, I was like, I don't, no one wants to buy this shit. And they did. And I was like, oh, okay. I think you just, it's about like putting your, it's like, being delusional and being like, fuck it, people are going to buy my merch. But it's so hard to, like, feel that way sometimes yeah. about yourself. You I, know knew, I, mean? I knew I would, I printed 15 posters and some, I didn't sell all of them. And I was like, I'm just going to throw the rest out. It's like when you go to Disneyland and they print, right. your, they print your thing, whether you buy it or not. Right. I was like, I'm going to have them ready because it's cheap to print. And if people buy them, great. People bought koozies, like the, I have these little koozies, spilled tea, them. not beer. You know, just oh, like stupid, are... you know, my, my content's all like spilling tea. So right. it's one of those things. But yeah, it's, it's about how do I get my audience that doesn't follow me from stand-up to want to come. And yeah. not, not everyone's going to be a stand-up fan because my audience isn't built on stand-up. Yeah. So it's like just being okay knowing not everyone's going to come to a show, but those that do might bring their friends. Right. They might come back next year. I think year. one person is actually equal to like three people because no one is actually going to go alone to a stand-up show. Yep. And then you tr- and then you try to get them to follow you and yeah it's just about getting out there and we're in a time with comedy where the sort of like featuring for someone else is kind of dead no and exactly. you kind of have to go from I always say like intern to CEO right you kind of got to go from working it out to just doing it all yourself you know who I think does it really well Heather McDonald oh yeah I like love her I listen Tasha to her loves po- her too I listen to her podcast I think she's so funny. Um, and I asked I think, her to do this. You did? But then she said, her assistant said, we'll have you do her show oh, instead. that's and I was great. Like, yeah, that's great. Because we share a huge following. Yeah. Because she does uh, same pop culture news and stuff. Right. Well, tell her I said hi. You know, tell her <laughs> who I am. But I think she does it really well because she always sells out her stand-up and her live shows. And she's got her podcast. I don't know. I just And I think she, like, also, even though she's had industry success, she just was like, I'm not going to wait for industry. And she, like now built this whole thing yeah an industry that wants to throw you out when you're 30 you know they always want the new fresh thing the only way to really build your following is to like have them be like in your newsletter yeah have them be in your in you know all the different you know social medias uh, you know having them i saw that you have um you know people can go to your uh, i think on your bio of your instagram which i'll post below you've got your website your merch your your beacon whatever that's called how do you like that that app Oh, it's good. I like yeah. it. It's like Linktree. Yeah, and, and people can like type in where they live, so to, you know, to see if you'll go into their town. Did I do that? I saw it. I do. Yeah, you say come, ha, come find me. Oh, you me. know, I did that on my website. I say, um, let me know 
if you want to get notified when I'll be in your city, and then people can put their email. Yeah, no, I, I think just that's started great. doing that. Yeah, yeah. You don't even know what you're doing, but <laughs> <laughs> am I doing it in my sleep? I don't know. Um, so I got to know a little bit about your camp culture, and yes. your and you and you you felt hot uh, starting at 20, which is good. <laughs> Uh, that's when I fell out when I started combing my hair back and got rid of my bangs. Right. I was like, oh, it's just I had a shitty haircut. I just had yeah. a bad haircut. Uh, did I leave anything on the table here that we want to talk about? No, I mean we talked dyslexia, we talked Lyme, we talked summer camp, we talked Jew Jewish people. Sorry, I got it. I can't. You think know Jews. what's so funny is the only other time we really talked was at Hollywood Improv. Yeah. And I just started talking your ear off, and I was like, what am I even doing? I was just no, like, I, I'm really I bothering you. You're not like, but I'm always self aware of comics bothering other comics or even men bothering women. No, I, I think I'm a little disarming now that I'm married. I think where no, people honestly, don't... I just thought you looked normal. I just was like, Oh, who's this? He seems really, you seem like just like, like a cool bro. Okay. I'll take that. I don't know. I just it's like, <laughs> Oh, he seems like normal in comedy. Well, Maybe that's not good for comedy, to no, be that quite honest. <laughs> no, that is good. No, that is good. Because it makes people want to talk to you. Well, let's get uh, my audience to go watch your uh, special. What's it called? Prettiest Girl at the Special School. And um, congrats on that. Thank you. I appreciate this you so doing the show. You, I mean, you lived your dream. <laughs> I mean, this is the best. I, I feel like VIP. Let's take. Let's go out and take a selfie, okay? Okay, yeah. Let's Sweet. Go. Oh, it was so quick. Wait. Yeah, we were like in the, in the 40s or something.